Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Wednesday edition of the program. We're glad to have you with us. Lots to get to on this midweek program. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one coming up in moments. We'll have our Zaxby's headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Later in the show today, Tom Brew. He's the editor of Sports Illustrated Indiana. He's been a longtime member of the media covering the Indiana Hoosiers and really the Big Ten Conference as well. He's going to join us to talk IU hoops and a little football. Obviously, football taking a back seat, I think, ladies and gentlemen, with the basketball season basically here. And I tell you, on these chilly mornings or chilly evenings, chilly nights, the weather a little colder than what it was just a week or two ago. Uh, we're really getting into the heart of football season. And, of course, that means the start of the basketball seasons from the high school level all the way up to the professional levels as well. And so we'll catch up on hoops today with Tom Brew when he joins us for his first ever appearance here on the program. And then later in the program, it's Wednesday, so we always have the opportunity to talk with Josh Cook, the sports editor of the News and Tribune, presented by Major League Shirt Company. Uh, in Josh's segment, we always focus in on local sports and also uh, some of the prep headlines as well. We've got lots to talk about because uh, sectionals in football moving into week two, uh, soccer state championship game coming up on Friday night for Providence, Silver Creek, the lone volleyball team from our area, still alive, and they've got a big challenge on their hand as, hands as they take on Indianapolis Brebuff in a one-game semi-state on Saturday. So lots of local things to discuss, and we'll catch all of that and more with Josh when he joins us a little bit later in the hour today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals that are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's get into our Zaxby's headlines, a summary of the day's top IU in Southern Indiana sports news. And as we do that, uh, a reminder that the Thornton's text line always open here on the program. We'd love to hear from you, your questions and comments are invited each and every day. Uh, had some great feedback yesterday. We'd love to hear from you today. It's real simple. Uh, open up your phone, your text messages, and send a text to 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. The Thornton's text line, and download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app while you're at it uh, for great offers every day on and savings on fuel as well. Uh, so the Thornton's text line, love to get your questions and comments on anything related to this program, our guest, local sports, IU basketball, struggling, IU football, and more, and you can send them to us on the text line. All right, Zaxby's headlines, first and foremost, 
Uh, Noah Clowney has announced that he is down to three schools. Yes, Indiana, one of the three schools. Alabama, Indiana, and Virginia Tech is where he will, one of the three schools, he will make his decision uh, from that list on Monday, November 1st. Of course, the lone remaining 2022 prospect for Indiana. Uh, The school that was on the list, no longer listed, is Florida. Clowney took an official visit down to uh, Gainesville, uh, maybe within the last month or even less, but uh, they are no longer on the list, and he'll choose between Alabama, Indiana, and Virginia Tech. A lot of people think Indiana's in good shape. A lot of people think Indiana and Virginia Tech are the two to beat, but remember, Clowney most recently was at Alabama over the weekend. He had to reschedule his fourth and final official visit of his senior year because of an illness uh, back a few weeks ago when that visit was initially scheduled to take place. So he did get an opportunity to be wind and dine in an Alabama football game. He attended the Alabama tip-off event to start their basketball season. And again, there's excitement around that program in the FCC after the year they had the NCAA tournament run they had a year ago. So we'll see. But Monday, uh, we're counting the days down to a big decision made uh, that would likely solidify the IU class unless there's some unforeseen change. And if you add Clowney to the mix, along with Jalen Hood, Shafino, and the rest of the 2022 class, although it got off to a late start for Mike Woodson, I think you'd have to give it very, very high marks and a very good grade as the first recruiting class for Mike Woodson, the first full recruiting class, that is, for Mike Woodson. So we'll see how the Clowney decision plays out. Talked to a couple people yesterday after the show. Uh, One very confident Indiana will land Clowney. The other thinks uh, it's a toss-up right now between IU and Virginia Tech. So we'll see if there's any late rumblings uh, out of Clowney or his camp. Remember, we had his high school coach on a few weeks ago and uh, we'll see what ultimately happens on Monday and if we get any kind of leaks or, or word out ahead of that. But the uh, plan right now is sometime Monday, November 1st, I believe, just going to be a social media announcement. Uh, Clowney's set to end his recruitment, so we'll be all paying close attention to that coming up here very soon. Also, IU with a release yesterday that they are going to celebrate the 50th birthday of basketball and IU Bloomington's most iconic facility, which is now known as Simon Scott Assembly Hall. And beginning with the first IU home game on November 9th against Eastern Michigan, uh, IU Athletics will unveil its ranking of the top men's basketball games ever played at Assembly Hall. And I'm reading from the release here. The game-by-game countdown, which is being sponsored by Indiana Kitchen, will culminate with the announcement of the number one men's basketball game ever played in the building during the March 2nd, 2022, the final regular season game of the season when Rutgers comes to town and each week, or each, I should say, each home game, there will be a recap of each game that is featured along with videos and photos from the contest, and uh, it'll be played on the video board during each home game. And then you're going to be able to log on the IU Athletics website the next day and uh, get more detailed, uh, more details on the the game and the ranking and uh, video clips as well. So sounds like a pretty neat uh, experience for fans coming up. If you're into the history of IU basketball, I did not realize uh, or had forgotten that Assembly Hall 
open the same year that Bob Knight uh, took over the IU basketball program. So it, uh, that uh, the, the new facility coincided with Bob Knight uh, taking over the IU basketball program. And, of course, IU went on quite a run during his time in Bloomington. But I think that'll be a sidebar conversation for diehard IU fans this season because over the years, and I'm thinking of a very much more narrow list of games and what maybe some of the older listeners are today, uh, you could think of just some great, great rivalry games or great Big Ten conference games that have taken place in that building over the years. And so uh, kudos to whoever's going to take time to put all the highlights together and to actually put some sort of ranking uh, to that game. It's going to be interesting to see as we go along of some of the memories, especially if it's a game you remember or you were at or you watched at home on on TV that uh, that are brought back when uh, they go through some of these highlights. But a neat project coming this year, and that will be fun to follow. And I think especially fun as IU fans get back to Assembly Hall and get back in a more normal routine for the college basketball season, which I think we are all uh, excited and hopeful that uh, things go pretty much as normal. Also, I read a story yesterday in the USA Today by Eric Smith about Cincinnati's case for the college football playoff. And really the story made a great uh, point on uh, laying out why Cincinnati, very likely if they can finish the season with an undefeated record, uh, would be and likely will be included in the Final Four of college football. And it goes on to spell uh, how this situation lines up and what Cincinnati has to do. And if you want to read the story, you can find it online. But the reason I'm bringing it up today in our headline segment is because it's really amazing to me that uh, this uh, Cincinnati football team, that IU, despite the season it has had so far, despite all the offensive troubles that it has had so far, despite the fact that when Michael Penix was healthy and playing was not the Michael Penix we remembered from last season, was able to basically challenge IU football until the final minutes of the ball game. Final score was 38-24, but if you remember watching that game, that was obviously early on, still lots of excitement, lots of hope that this Indiana football team could right the ship after that week one blowout loss to Iowa. Uh, IU was right there in the picture and uh, had an opportunity late in the game to win that ball game. And, of course, it, it, go, it winded up going Cincinnati's way by 14 points. But it's amazing to me that that team that we saw, not to, to knock them, their quarterback is good and they are a quality, quality team. There's no question about that. But it's amazing to me that as we get further and further into the college football season, Cincinnati being mentioned legitimately as a contender for the college football playoff. And they were, even during the broadcast, the television broadcast that day when they played Indiana, they were mentioned as a possibility kind of on the list of teams to watch that maybe if things went their way this season that they could could reach that destination. But as we get later and later in the year and you look at the Cincinnati football schedule the rest of the way, I think they have a legitimate opportunity to get it done. I think they have a, a legitimate opportunity to uh, to finish the year undefeated. Part of that is because they played some tougher non-conference games early on to help define themselves and uh, what type of team they are, and partially because their conference schedule uh, just not all that solid. So that'll be interesting to follow. Will Cincinnati, a team that IU played with and had down, uh, be able to make the, the final four essentially of college football I thought that was a very interesting story, and I think something that we'll all be watching the rest of the way. Also, high school basketball season is just around the corner, and always keep an eye on high school basketball, not just in our state, but in the Midwest and across the country as well. And the Fab 50 National Team Rankings, powered by BallsLife.com, 
which are the nation's longest running and I think some of the more in-depth and and, uh, well-received national rankings. I mean, putting a national ranking of anything together is tough, especially at the high school level when media coverage and results and details aren't always out there like they are at the uh, collegiate level is a tough thing. But I thought it was interesting. Number one, uh, basically a unanimous number one in the country, Montverde Academy or Montverde Academy uh, from Montverde, Florida, who was 24-1 and last last season. And, of course, that's the team where Jalen hood Shafino is uh, will play his senior year of high school basketball. And if you remember, a, num- a number of other younger prospects that Indiana uh, has been recruiting and checked in with already will also be on the roster this year with hood Shafino. And I think Jalen hood Shafino coming into Bloomington next year is going to be an exciting, exciting player to watch and a really big-time get, a big-time prospect for Mike Woodson in this program and his team I was reading their capsule with their ranking and their schedule and the number of games that are expected to be somewhat nationally televised, whether it's on ESPN or other stations. It's going to be absolutely amazing this year. So Montverde uh, going to be a team that is uh, highly featured, and Jalen hood Shafino uh, will be highly featured this high school basketball season as well. The highest-ranked Indiana team, in case you were interested, I didn't go all the way through the top 50, but I read just some of the top-ranked teams. The highest-ranked team was Carmel, Indiana. Uh, they came in at number 12. Of course, they're de- the defending 4A state champion here in our state. They've got a number of interesting players. Uh, Pete Suter's a guard, six foot four, and uh, Sam Orme, a, a junior, who is six foot eight, and probably the highest uh, recruited player on the team. He's got some interest from uh, some division, you know, bigger Division One schools, and Indiana has even checked in on him as well, as has Purdue. So Carmel expected, according to these national rankings, to be the best team in the Hoosier State uh, if you look at their national prognosis. Also, IU Southeast marking the start of their college basketball season last night. Coach Wiley Brown recently announced that Dewan Wheat, former UofL star, has joined his coaching staff as an assistant coach in advance of the season. And last night it was a battle of former UofL connections, IU Southeast getting a easy victory uh, in their season opener last night over Simmons College of Kentucky, which is located in Louisville and uh, led by Anthony Wales Jr., he uh, had 25 points on 9 of 13 shooting. Uh, Anthony Wales, a prospect from across the river in Louisville, and uh, we'll see how good this Wiley Brown coach team will be this season. They've had some really good years uh, here over the maybe not the last couple of years. They've been solid and good, but really good years uh, some years before that, making some runs in the conference tournament, winning the conference tournament, and, of course, uh, making uh, some appearances in the national tournament as well at the NAIA level. So keeping an eye on IU South, he's really competitive basketball there, and they're off to a great start with an easy win. 94-64 was the final score in that game last night. That's a look at our headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. A reminder that the uh, Thornton's text line is open. We'd love to hear from you at 502-414-1450. Send in your questions for our guests, Tom Brew and Josh Cook, still ahead on this program. Maybe it's IU basketball, IU football, local sports, whatever it is, uh, send it in. We'll get it on the air, 502 414 1450. We'll head to a break. We're back with Tom Brew, Sports Illustrated Indiana. We'll talk about IU basketball. In fact, Mr. Brew announced yesterday a podcast of his own 
where he's going to be chatting with some IU basketball players this season. And opportunities like that now are possible because of name, image, and likeness abilities for college athletes to capitalize on their NIL. We'll talk with him about that. We'll get his thoughts on the Hoosiers and maybe even the Big Ten for the upcoming season. Stay with us. This is a Wednesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back with you here on this Wednesday edition of the program. New guest today, Tom Brew, the editor of Sports Illustrated Indiana, joins the program now to talk some IU basketball and football. Now, Tom, you a big announcement yesterday for your uh, website that you are going to have Rob Vinnessy and Xavier Johnson on for a 15-episode podcast this season. And opportunities like this for fans to hear more directly from players being made possible by name, image, and likeness opportunities that are now allowed by the NCAA. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, you know I've been doing a football podcast uh, with Michael Penix Jr. and Micah McFadden so far uh, in the fall, and it's just been a real pleasurable, enjoyable experience, you know, for the – fan base to get to know those guys better and of course you know we've had other guests you know on down as well i i, I love the whole idea i mean i was uh, you know talking the other uh, the other night you know, with someone else about this and you know for the last two years you know in covering uh, indiana basketball for sports illustrated you know i've been allowed to speak to rob finnessy for one 10 minute interview per year that's it you know and uh, you know now to have the opportunity to talk to them you know, every week, and, and Xavier Johnson now, too. I mean, I'm really looking forward to that. You know, it's, uh, um, and I think, you know, for as rabid as our Indiana basketball fan base is, uh, you know, nobody really knows anything about Xavier Johnson yet. I'm looking forward to being able to, to ask him questions and get to know him and, and uh, let him uh, share his basketball journey with everybody. And, you know, as excited as everybody is for the season, I just think it's great, you know, to have the opportunity to, you know, to be able to chat with a couple of players every week just about what's going on and, uh, you know, both on the floor that we can all see and behind the scenes as well. It's a, it's a great group of guys. And with Mike back, it's just, uh, you know, excitement levels off the charts. And, you know, I can't wait for it to get started. And then I know, uh, you know, Rob and Xavier are too. Tom, uh, you've covered IU basketball in this beat for many, many years for a few different publications. So you're very well versed on, on media coverage and opportunities that are out there. And I think between, Name, image, and likeness making players more accessible for things like your podcast with uh, Fennessy and Johnson, and also the fact that Mike Woodson seems to be much more open to meeting with the media, to being more relaxed and answering questions and joking at times. Archie Miller was completely opposite of that. Uh, it seems to be that there's much more access uh, to this program right now for a combination of reasons. Yeah, I think so. Um... You know, the one thing that I've learned uh, with the uh, football podcast is that, uh, you know, um, the, uh, the the sports information directors and the coaches and such have been told flat out with this legislation, 
that there's they can't control it you know so it's uh you know and i've you know and uh, you know we try to work it out so that uh like in my case with the football thing we do that every tuesday night no matter what because their schedules are easier but you know those are nights that they don't have any obligations uh to football or to classes anyway and you know the, the handful of trolls that you know have shot at me after a loss that you know if if those guys would spend more time practicing football instead of talking sports for 22 minutes, you know, that maybe they'd be better. That's foolish. I mean, every, every college athlete that I know, you know, most of the time at seven o'clock at night, they're home in their apartment with their roommates, eating dinner and talking sports. And, you know, that's exactly what we do you know, during the podcast. So, uh, you know, and, and the, you know, and quite frankly, you know, Tom Allen and Jeff Keg, the SID and the assistant coaches are thrilled that I'm doing it. And they're thrilled that their players have an opportunity and, uh, I think the basketball guys are, are sort of the same way. It's uh, it's not a big obligation for them. It's you know I've been doing this for a long time, so I take good care of them. They show up, they do their thing, they have some nice dinner, and they go home. And uh, you know it doesn't you know it's it's not meant to take up a lot of their time, and it doesn't. You know it's uh, uh, you know basically um, they they will uh, rotate some things, and we'll have a few other people involved. But it's basically you know uh, ten appearances for for each of them during the course of the year minimum you know, for 22 minutes worth of stuff. I mean, it's, a, it's basically a four-hour to five-hour commitment to them for the entire year. So it's it doesn't affect the way they play basketball in any way. Yeah, no question. Tom Bruce, Sports Illustrated, Indiana, my guest. Let's go to the Thornton's text line, a question from a fan. Uh, it says, where do you think Indiana stacks up when it comes to NIL as far as on having the resources to get payer, players paid? Uh, Tom, from what I've seen from the announcement the school has made uh, to how far in advance that uh, Scott Dolson and the entire athletic uh, department seem to be on this, I think Indiana so far has to be not maybe the leader, but one of the leaders in a big group of schools that seem to be maximizing opportunities and also has a base of fans and businesses and a community and a state that loves and is very passionate about their teams and programs that have people interested in putting money out to these players for endorsements and sponsorships. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's uh, I pay a lot of uh, close attention, you know, through my Sports Illustrated network, you know, for – uh, for not only things that we're doing, but what, what we write about doing. And I think it's been different at some of the, uh, the massive high profile football schools so far. I mean, uh, you know, like the Clemson quarterback, you know, signed a huge massive deal with Dr. Pepper, things like that. They haven't, you know, those type of things we haven't seen. We haven't seen like any national advertising opportunities for our Indiana guys yet, but certainly the, the school has uh, embraced the, the concept, you know, and it's like, you know, some schools are still, you know, they want to put their head in the sands and they want to fight it. And they say they won't, you know, be any, uh, won't have any involvement with it. They want to just be hands off and that's fine. But some of the other schools, especially, uh, I know Alabama has basically uh, brought people on board on their athletic department to just facilitate the, the coordination, you know, so that if someone wants to, uh, to be involved, they, you know, they, they can just go straight to the players and do it, but they can, it can be uh, and, but without control because they can't control anything, but they can at least uh, pay attention to it. And, if, you know, and I, and I think, you know, I think Indiana football obviously is a different animal than that. So we haven't seen it yet. I think, you know, we've seen that, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, the most high profile basketball player has gotten, uh, you know, a bank deal and things like that where, you know, his are, his things are a little bigger and more high profile. I think where we'll start to see more of that, here in the state of Indiana is kind of really more down the road, like next year, because it all happened so fast 
uh, with the July 1st, you know, uh, rule change that, uh, like, you know, I, I know like in my case, um, putting the football podcast together had to be done really in a matter of weeks, um, you know, and just, you know, quickly. And, uh, you know, thankfully I was able to get three sponsors to that, you know, to be able to, you know, to pay for everything okay. And you know, the basketball thing, same thing, you know, once we get the players lined up, you know, now we'll do that. It's just sort of quickly and things. But, you know, I think as we have more time going into things uh, next year, you know, then, uh, then I, th- I think we'll see more uh, opportunities as they come. But at least it's good that it's there. And, you know, like I said, I haven't seen it, you know, cause a problem for anybody. And, and I like, too, that even like some of my counterparts have been able to, to you know, to, to arrange some things. Uh, I know uh, Grace Berger is doing a podcast with uh, the Assembly Call, I believe it is. Uh, you know, it's like, so that's good. I think that's, like, that's something that would have never happened before, you know, and, uh, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm having uh, preliminary talks to do some baseball things in the spring as well. I mean, without NIL, none of that would have ever happened, you yeah. know, and, uh, you know, and I, I think it's great for the players, you know, just to not only, um, you know, be able to share their stuff, but, you know, I think, you know, like for, especially for guys who want to have some sort of communication, you know, job going forward or some, you know, things like that. Uh, you know, doing this type of thing is really it's a really good experience, and uh, uh, and it's been great. You know, and you know, I've always said, you know, being a journalism major from Indiana and now a media school supporter in a huge way, you know, that you know, when you have good communication skills, you know, those relate to any job you ever have in life. And I think you know, being able to do that is good. And you know, like I said, I've been you know, I've been very very thrilled with just how entertaining the content's been. I mean, the guys have been really really good, and and. Uh, you know, someone on Twitter questioned my journalistic integrity, you know, by doing this. But, you know, <laughs> I always re- I remind them quickly that, you know, that after the Iowa game, you know, I sat down with Michael Penix Jr. at Yogi's Bar and Grill for 30 minutes and we broke down in our middle segment all three of his interceptions and what went wrong. And I told him we had to do that beforehand and he was all for 100%. He knows that's part of the deal. So it's not just 30 minutes of, of, uh, of fluff. You know, it's like we talk about things that matter. Mike and McFadden last night talked a lot about things that went wrong in the Ohio State game. It happened, so they'll they'll always be good interviews. They'll be entertaining and uh, you know and easy, you know, just like your show, easy for people to get to and find it and enjoy it. And that's to me the whole idea. I mean, I I love that there's that there's more opportunity for them because you know I, the controlled environment that we've been in in regards to access and availability has been tough. And it's like these kids got stories to tell, and we've got a fan base that wants to digest them, and uh, I think it's a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Tom, I want to get into some recruiting stuff with you. Uh, first, Noah Clowney, and then more generally on how you feel things have went uh, under Mike Woodson so far. Noah Clowney down to just three schools now. He's going to choose between IU, Alabama, and Virginia Tech on November 1st. I know this is a topic that has uh, come up almost on a daily basis the last few days, and I'm sure between now and Monday it's going to continue to come up. Any insight, any thoughts, any feelings on Clowney, what type of a, an addition he would be, and is ultimately is he going to choose Indiana on Monday? Well, I I think I'll be honest. I don't. I honestly don't know. I, I what I do know is that Indiana was his first visit, and he loved it, and his family loved it, and they set the bar really high. And he's been on his other visits, and he's been very. The whole family has been very very cautious since then. Like they like they. Uh, posted a lot and tweeted a lot on their Indiana visits. They hadn't really done that, you know, on their other visits nearly as much. Now I do know, you know, from my Alabama people that uh, the Alabama staff is like he is their number one priority, uh, and they have been rolling out 
you know, every red carpet imaginable for him and his family, and they really, really want him. Um, and he was, uh, Alabama was his last visit. He was there uh, last weekend, you know, and it was an Alabama-Tennessee football weekend, and he experienced all that. You know, and my snide comment about that was when he, when he visited Indiana, everybody knew who Noah Clowney was when he was walking around. I don't think anybody at Alabama would have noticed who Noah Clowney was last week. Uh, but you know, but Nate Oates is a heck of a coach, and he's a heck of a recruiter, and he's got a uh, he's got that program in the right direction. So they're after him hard, and I, you know, I think uh, I think it's probably down to two. I really think it's down to Alabama and Indiana, and uh, you know, I, I think um, the fact that they just had that visit last Saturday and that's fresh. But like I said, I think at the beginning Indiana set the bar pretty high, so I still think Indiana's chances are good. I think they're right there with them. They have done a really good job post-visit, and they, they were right back down to South Carolina to see him. I think it was like about 10 days after his visit here, and they, you know, they all spent a lot of time with him down there as well and the family. And I think, I think Indiana has done its job, you know, if you know what I mean, in regards to getting him. I think, I think if he comes to Indiana, they, they'll be very comfortable. And, and if he chooses another school, it's not because Indiana didn't do its job. I think they have done their job and I think they're very comfortable with them and with his skill set you know that you know that's sort of a piece uh that that would be an important addition you know to what is already a, a very good recruiting class but to have another to have a big and have some size and have someone who's really really good you know on not only on both ends of the floor but really good in transition and everything as well too I think I think he fits uh what will be this new Mike Woodson system perfectly so I, I'm really I'm really hopeful, obviously, that Indiana gets them, but uh, you know, I, I think they're right in the mix. But uh, we're just a week away from that. We'll find out. We'll find that out real soon next week. Yeah, no question. And Tom, again, you've done this for so many years under different head coaches, covering the program and also covering the recruiting trail as well. So far, from what we've seen with Mike Woodson, his ability to retain players when he uh, uh, accepted the job, his ability to make some ads from the transfer portal, and also, you know, Tamara Bates was just through the traditional recruiting process, although uh, pretty late in the deal. And then what we've seen in 2022 so far, no matter what Clowney does or doesn't do on Monday, uh, how do you rate Mike Woodson as a college recruiter so far? Obviously, his coaching staff has a big part to do, I think, with some of the successes this far. But yeah, that was one of the big question marks. We know Mike Woodson knows Indiana and Bloomington and the Big Ten. We know he knows how to coach the game of basketball. He's done so at the highest level in the NBA. But he's never really recruited before. And uh, so far, so good, I think, for Coach Woodson and staff. Yep, absolutely. I, I think Mike. the best thing that Mike did was hire the three guys that he did for his assistants because uh, obviously uh, Kenya Hunter, who was you know who was brought in by Archie Miller last year, already had a really good relationship with a lot of these kids. You know where the involvement was there, uh, so he was able to help you know sort of seal the deal deal with Tamar Bates, which I think was a huge get because it's he like he um, he fills a gap on this team that they didn't have before. I think their ability to recruit the transfer portal the way they did filled gaps. Like Michael Durr fills a huge gap. You know, Parker Stewart, who was already here, you know, I think will will be someone that Indiana fans fall in love quickly. Miller Cop, no question, you know, is like that was, you know, like that aspect of his of their recruiting. And I think, you know, Mike had a lot to do with the transfer portal guys 
um, more than the, the the high school recruits just because of the built-in relationships. Now, Yaza Rosemont, uh, you know, has, has had a lot of uh, time spent with the Newton kid already that they got the commitment from last week, and Jalen Hood, Jafino. I mean, they they all have had you know relationships with him. And then Mike's just sealing the deal. It's like you know, I think every what everybody's talked about so far as to why they chose Indiana was that when they sat down with Mike, you know, they you know. Mike has a vision for what they can do there and what he can do to make them better. And I think everybody gets that and understands that. And, uh, you know, and I had a conversation with Dane Fife just about how good uh, Mike is with these kids. It's like there's a, the respect levels off the charts, you know, but Mike has a really good way of talking to them about, you know, what he plans on doing with them. So I think it's all been good, you know, and, uh, you know, and it's not, I think it's nice um, to have a, like a kid, uh, in the 2023 class already, who's, you know, a real, you know, fast on the rise guy who, you know, helps set the, st- the stage now for that class to get pretty good too. Cause people know it's going to be, it's going to be a, a, a good destination for people to come. I think, I think they've already proven that, you know, and, and now this year they kind of need to prove it on the floor a little bit, but I think, I think people are going to see that, that what he wants to do offensively and defensively is something that kids will enjoy you know, unlike the last four years, and it's something that recruits are going to want to be a part of. Uh, Tom, I, before we let you go here, I, I want to close out with uh, your thoughts on what some goals should be uh, for fans here in year one of this Woodson time. Uh, is there a win total? Is it a NCAA uh, make the tournament or bust? Is there a place that IU should finish in the Big Ten? I know there's so much unknown because of all the new faces and the potential lineup combinations. But what we do know is Trace Jackson Davis is really good preseason All-American. And I think we all have expectations for the type of season that he and maybe some of the other returners are set up to have. What are realistic expectations for this team in year one under Mike Woodson? Well, I, I think there's reason to be optimistic. Um, the schedule certainly sets up well for them to get off to a good start, which I think is important. Um, you know, they're and you know when you look at their uh, their not uh, their uh, non-conference games, uh, you know they they have some 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 good battles there with Syracuse and St. John's and Notre Dame and maybe even throw Marshall in that mix. Uh, but there's no, re- I mean, they have every opportunity to win every one of their non-conference games. You know, and and you know. They're not saying they will, but I mean they uh, they will probably uh, outside of the Syracuse game at Syracuse they'll probably be favored in every game. So I mean there's a, there's there's reason for optimism there. I think there's also reason in the Big Ten. You know the two December games they have this year. You know Nebraska at home and then at Wisconsin uh, are both. Even though I think you know people need to be aware that Nebraska is going to be way better this year, um, but I still think those like they can get off to a good start in the Big Ten. And even though Indiana hasn't won you know forever uh, at Wisconsin, I think that Wisconsin team lost a lot of pieces, and I think Indiana has a better chance of winning up there than they've had in a long, long time. So I think they can get off to a good start. Uh, the Big Ten is very good again this year. I mean. Uh, I'm going to do my uh, first uh, Big Ten power rankings next week, Um, but you know, and you know, and I'm I got Purdue at the top of my Big Ten power rankings. Michigan's going to be very good. I think Ohio State is going to be really, really good too. Um, You know, and then right after that, like how high can like how high can Indiana go? I mean, it's like you know, uh, you know, are they capable of beating those teams there? Absolutely, but you know, Illinois, Michigan State, Indiana. Uh, kind of Maryland's kind of all in that next mix, I think, um, where, 
uh, you know, it, it, if it all plays out, you know, and, and I think, you know, people know I'm a glass half full guy. I, I do think this is going to be a pretty good year. I think they probably do win, you know, 10 or 11 at least of their non-conference games. And I do think they'll have a winning record in the Big Ten. And uh, so if that's the case, you know, then that winds up being a, you know, a 22 and 10 or 23 and 9, maybe even 24 and 8 type season. Um, that's pretty darn good, you know. But a lot of it, I think, depends on health. Um, I mean, uh, certainly they need uh, Trace to you know to be able to play the, the full schedule um, because I think he is by far their best player, and there is a drop since then. But I think what we need to see improvement-wise, you know, from the last few years is you know, do they shoot the ball better? And I think with playing a more wide-open offense and uh, uh, instead of the real strict, solid structure that they were under uh, in Archie's system, I think we'll see that. So as long as we do, we'll be fine. I think they'll definitely guard people. I think their lineup is good, and hopefully uh, they can stay healthy. Michael Durr, seven footer, big body. Trace has been raving about just how good he is, especially defensively, and uh, that takes some of the load off of Trace and regarding you know having to guard Kofi Coburn and Hunter Dickinson and all the other seven footers in the league. So I think the roster there is good. I I, I absolutely think it's an NCAA tournament team. I think I think this would be. Uh, this season would be considered a failure if they don't make the NCAA tournament. And uh, I mean, that's how good I think they can be. I mean, I, d- I definitely think they finish uh, somewhere in the top five or six in the Big Ten for sure. Just a question of how high. Absolutely. Tom Brew, Sports Illustrated Indiana. Tom, really appreciate the insight and look forward to having you back in the future here on the show. I'd be happy to enjoy it. Thanks for having me on, Matt. It really means a lot. Absolutely. Tom Brew, Sports Illustrated Indiana, with some good thoughts on the Hoosiers. With basketball season just days away, hard to believe just days away, it's going to be November 1st. And from that point, it's a hoops madness at all levels from that point forward. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, our final segment of the day, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will join us. Presented by Major League Shirt Company. A lot to catch up on on the high school scene locally. Football this week, week two of the postseason. And then Silver Creek Volleyball headed to the semi-state. And how about Providence Boys Soccer? They are headed back to the Class A Soccer State Championship game on Friday night. They won it a year ago. Can the Pioneers pick up another soccer state championship to add to what's been a really good trophy case here recently in high school sports? We'll talk about all of that and more next. Stay with us. You're listening to a Wednesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. This segment each week on local sports brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. They offer custom apparel to meet all of your needs, including T-shirts, uniforms, corporate wear, and promotional items. Let Major League Shirt Company outfit your team or organization today. Visit mlshirtco.com to find out more. That's mlshirtco.com. 
Com. Josh, we've got lots of stuff at the prep level to talk about, and let's start with volleyball and soccer. Silver Creek Volleyball headed to a semi-state. They've got a match with one of the toughest teams in the state, regardless of class, Indianapolis Brebuff, a private school in Indy, and the Dragons very familiar with Brebuff Volleyball. They uh, lost to them in this same round a year ago, but I understand a match earlier in the year in one of the all-day tournaments, uh, Silver Creek challenged Brebuff, and people think this Saturday's uh, semi-state match is going to be a good one. Yeah, it, it should be a good one. Uh, yeah, that experience of having played for Buff uh, last year in the semi-state and this year, I think I think should help Silver Creek. And uh, you know, Silver Creek's playing really well. Didn't didn't drop a didn't drop a set at the regional tournament. So uh, you know, they're, they're looking good, playing their best volleyball right now. And um, you know, that's what you want this time of year. Uh, Josh, uh, volleyball has been good in the area for so many years. Providence knocked out by Floyd Central back in the championship game. It was a young Providence team this year. Uh, overall, as you look back on volleyball, not as many uh, teams moving on to the regional as what we've had in past years, and only one team in in the final four of their respective class, that Silver Creek. But I still think uh, volleyball in this area, pretty good season, and there's reason to believe that for some years to come, we're going to have a number of quality ball clubs in volleyball in the sport of volleyball as well. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. It's you know this is a hotbed for volleyball, and uh, you know it just keeps on getting better and better. I think so. Yeah, I expect uh, you know next year will be a, another great year with uh, you know a couple sectional champions at least. So looking forward to it. And Josh, we've got Providence Boys Soccer back to another state championship game. Uh, Coach Stingle joined us earlier in the week. Providence has a challenge ahead of them, but Providence, uh, the higher-ranked team, I think a chance for this Providence team to bring another championship back. Two in a row, one in any sport at any level is tough. I mean, a state championship takes talent. It takes luck. It takes a lot of things to go your way. To have the opportunity to win two and to actually bring back two state championship trophies uh, in back-to-back years would be just an amazing feat if they can pull it off on Friday night. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I got I got some problems with the IHSAA for scheduling the schedule on Friday night when we've got football, but uh, that's okay. You know, I can deal with that. But uh, you know, it uh, it should be a, it should be a good game. You know, Westview. I think it is pretty good. They're kind of on a Cinderella run um, in the state tournament. They won, they were down one game, uh, three to one, the second half, and came back and won in a shootout. And then they they beat the number one team, Park Tudor, uh, two to one last week. So, you know, they're they've got uh, they they've got nothing to lose. And, and Providence, you know, is, is going for that uh, second straight state title. So, you know, you, you could say that the pressure is all on Providence, but. Uh, you know they've played really well so far, especially the postseason. There, they're uh, outscoring their opponents. I think like twenty-six to three. So, you know, very impressive run. And, and you know, uh, if they can if they can get on top, uh, you know, especially early, you know, that 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 would be huge. It's always it's always nice to get uh, to get a goal and take that early lead. So, you know, that's that's something Providence, uh, you know, has been has been able to do in the postseason, and we'll see if they can continue that trend in the state championship. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, my guest. You can read his work at newsandtribune.com slash sports and, of course, in the daily print edition of the paper as well. This segment brought to you by Major League Shirt Company in Sellersburg. High school football week two of the postseason. Uh, there is no game bigger than New Albany, who's had a really good year, won the Hoosier Hills Conference outright, 
They play at rival Floyd Central, both members of the same New Albany-Floyd County Consolidated School Corporation. Floyd Central, a big win, a sizable win over Jeffersonville, which I think marks uh, some improvement for them when those two teams, Floyd Central and Jeff, met back in the regular season. It was nip and tuck. In fact, there was very little scoring at all to the game. But Floyd Central with a big win, I think we, uh, we're going to see an improved Highlander team take on a good New Albany team for the right to go to the championship on Friday. Yeah, Floyd Central's offense uh, really really produced last week, and you know that's a great sign this time of year. That's for sure. So, you know they're coming off one of their, if not their best performance offensively the year. So, you know that that's going to be a big challenge for New Albany, which is which has struggled, uh, you know, on defense last for a little bit. So, um, you know it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But you know New Albany just has so much so much firepower, so many playmakers that it's really that's really a tall task to ask uh, of anybody to stop. So, you know, Floyd's going to have um, its work cut out for it. But, uh, you know, I, I, I do like New Albany in this game, but I definitely think it won't be maybe as lopsided as it was. And it wasn't really lopsided last time because Floyd Central led 10-7 to 7 at halftime just two weeks ago, and then New Albany had a huge second half, just kind of warmed down. So I don't know if it'll, it'll be quite like that, but I, I still think New Albany uh, is the favorite and, and should win. But, but Floyd has played well and seems to be playing well, and that's that's what you want. Uh, you know, this is the perfect time to do it. Yeah, the regular season score a few weeks ago, New Albany 35, Floyd Central 16. Uh, I don't see that kind of margin in this game, no matter the result on Friday night. Real quick, too, Providence will host Paoli. That's going to be a challenge for the Pioneers, but should be a good game. How about Clarksville, their first postseason win, I think, in eight or nine seasons, and now they've got a big challenge taking on Triton Central at Triton Central, who has absolutely dominated uh, that sectional for a number of years. But kudos to Clarksville. They continue to take small steps each season on uh, really big improvements overall for their football program. Yeah, great great win for them last week. You know, first postseason win in eight years, and you know, they'll hope to make it their first sectional final since like 2006. You know, obviously, like you said, it'd be a tall task to play uh, Triton Central uh, at Triton Central. So, uh, be a big one. But, uh, you know, great, great, great job by Justin Bozer to, to keep them moving in the right direction. Absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. This segment brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. You can find out more at mlshirtco.com. Thank you, Josh. Hopefully, when we talk next week, we have another state champion here in our area. And that's going to wrap things up for this Wednesday program. Back with you Thursday, we've got a loaded program. Join us at 11 a.m. on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.